if you follow me on Instagram, I literally just posted that I got a notice from my leasing office saying you're going to get sent to the attorneys and potentially evicted or whatever if you don't pay the rent by tomorrow at noon. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Vulnerable. I am your host, Chelsea Vaughn. And if you're watching on YouTube, I am recording from my house. I have not done this since literally episode 10 before I got my podcast team and my official studio. So this is very weird. It's like cool weird. I feel so intimate doing this by myself again now. Um, I haven't done this for 50 episodes. That's crazy to say out loud. But this is extra special because I've never recorded in my mom's house. This is my childhood bedroom. Look at these walls. Like, were you even a teen in the 2010s if you didn't paint your walls this color? I don't think so. And I'm literally wearing a juicy tracksuit <laughs> that I got out of my closet from high school. At least it still fits. Um, but we're going very retro, very 2000s right now. I love it. Um, and it's also, I usually have so many episodes banked ahead of time that I never do an episode where it's like current events happening. So today is Wednesday and this episode's literally coming out on Monday. So I can actually talk about what's going on in my life right now. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, I literally just posted that I got a notice from my leasing office saying you're going to get sent to the attorneys and potentially evicted or whatever if you don't pay the rent by tomorrow at noon. And I just got out of the shower and I was asking you guys, if anybody's a lawyer, if anyone's a housing lawyer, you can help me. I am reaching out to anyone and everyone who could possibly help me with the situation. Um, but what I didn't tell you guys is that I applied for another apartment for myself because I was thinking if I don't pay this rent and I'm going down with this girl, like she's going to ruin my credit and potentially I'll have an eviction notice on my, on my name. Like I might as well get another apartment before all this happens. That way I at least have somewhere to live for a year while I build my credit back up. So I got an apartment that I really love. <laughs> I had told you guys I wanted to live in financial district because I wanted to live in a high rise. It is exactly that. It is a corner unit, which is what I wanted. It has so much natural light, which is good for filming and just for mental health. And I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I was up all last night looking at Pinterest, looking at like TikTok of studios on how to set up the layout to save space and how to just like decorate. I'm not good at interior design at all. Um, but this time I really want to like make it my own because last time obviously I was moving in with a boy. So I had to take their consideration in. This time it's like, this is my shit. This is all mine. This whole place is mine. Every decision is mine. Every color choice is mine. Every bath mat, shower curtain, bedspread, everything is going to be mine. And I'm so excited. I've kind of always wanted to live in a studio. It's very like New York to me. Maybe it's Carrie Bradshaw, probably. But it just feels like so cute and cozy to have your own studio. So I feel like that's probably weird to say because most people are like, ew, why would you want to pay that much to live in a box uh, when we you could have a bedroom? But I think there's something so cute about a studio. So I'm very excited because I've never actually had my own studio. But I got approved for that apartment and I'm planning to move in the first week of February or maybe the second week of February after I get back from Vegas for the Adele concert. So that is the current update. That is the plan. Obviously, this will be a few days behind, but 
that is the current plan. I'm choosing to let go and (laughs) all of this is out of my control. I literally was stressing so much on Monday that I stressed myself into being genuinely ill. Like I had a migraine. I went to bed early because I was like, I didn't feel well. I started to feel nauseous, lightheaded. Like I was like, this is so, 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 so bad for me. I can't, I can't keep doing this. Um, So I like slept for 10 hours that night and then woke up and I was like, I'm just going to get another apartment. What happens, happens. It's up to the universe. We're just going to let it go. So that is where we're at with the apartment situation. Now, I wanted to do an Ask Me Anything for this episode because like I said on episode 10, the last time I did one of these by myself, I did Ask Me Anything. I had you guys submit questions and that's what we're going to do now. A lot of these questions were about the subletting lease situation. So we're going to skip all of those because I think you guys know all the tea at this point. Um, A lot of people asked, would I consider just staying in Atlanta and not moving back to New York? So I love Atlanta. My whole family's here. Literally, I'm the only one that moved away. My brother, my niece and nephew, my sister, mom and dad, everybody, and a lot of my friends. So I still have a really close core group of friends from high school and middle school. They're all here. And a couple of my college friends are like in California or I don't know, other places, but pretty much my entire circle of people that are like my core people are in Georgia. So I feel like that part has been really nice and reminded me how much I love to be surrounded by my people and like people that don't take effort and energy to be around. Like they're just my people. They understand me. They get me. Nothing needs to be explained. We don't, we can go long stretches of time without talking to each other. Like we're just, they're my people. And I love that. However, (laughs) I am an influencer and when I'm here, I'm free during the day and no one else can hang out with me because everyone else has quote unquote normal jobs where they have a nine to five and they have stuff to do. So I haven't been able to see my people as much as I would like to because they're busy. Um, And obviously just because I'm here doing this weird sabbatical (laughs) of homelessness um, doesn't mean they're not going on with their normal lives. So after like the novelty wore off in November, I feel like I've been like ready and itching to get back to New York. Because as much as this is home for me, like, yes, this is my literal home. I've been here. I lived in this house since I was five. Um, It just doesn't feel like my place. It doesn't feel like I'm home. I don't feel at ease here anymore because I'm 31 and I don't want to be sitting in my childhood bedroom, you know, like twiddling my thumbs. I feel like I can't work here. Like I don't, I can't go to events. I'm missing stuff in New York. And I, you know, I did one partnership while I was here with Factor with a food company because it fit um, my current lifestyle and it was authentic to me. But everything else that's authentic to me is pretty much in New York, like city lifestyle. Um, So I'm just really ready to get back to my life. I just feel displaced here and I just feel ready to go back and be my own person in my own life and start fresh and leave all of this crazily shit behind me. Like me and my ex broke up in September and I didn't announce it for, we didn't announce it for like a while, a little bit, but it was September. So all of this stress on me about the apartment has been going on since September. Like I have been thinking about breaking this lease. I have been trying to find someone to sublease. I have been dealing with this girl not paying. I have been doing all of this since September and it is now a new fucking year. It's a new year. It's, it's been months of dealing with this. 
and I don't have any energy left for it. Like I don't have it in me. I'm tired. I'm exhausted of it. And that is why I'm so excited about this fresh start. Like I'm just like, I want a new place. I want to leave the other one behind me. I am quite literally willing to pay $6,800 if that's what it takes to walk away from this New Jersey apartment like this and leave because that is how much it's stressing me out. And I don't have, I just don't have the capacity anymore to do it. I have to move on. So I love Atlanta, but I'm not ready to move back here yet because it feels like moving back home, like settling down and I'm not done with New York yet. And I think as long as I feel like I'm not done with New York, I need to ride that out as long as possible because I can always move back here. Like my friends are here. My family's here. Atlanta's not going anywhere. I can always move back here, but I want to do it when I'm like really ready. And I'm like, okay, I don't feel aligned with New York anymore. Time to go. And I do think like that time might be coming up in the next few years because, you know, it's fun to be in New York when you're young and you're going out a lot. You're going out a lot. Um, but I like to stay inside the house, <laughs> especially when I'm in a relationship, especially now that I'm getting older, especially now that I'm drinking less, like I'm inside my apartment and I could be inside my apartment for half the price in Atlanta. Um, somebody, a lot of people ask if my subletter, the girl knows that I've posted about her or knows that, or does she follow me on Instagram? No, and no, I don't think so. Um, I blocked her from my story on Instagram and she blocked me on TikTok. And that's where I found her in the first place. Um, I think she blocked me because she is having her pit bull in the apartment, which I expressly told her was not allowed. So that's on that. What has been the most rewarding experience that you've had in 2023? Who? Rewarding. I think 2023, like I said in my, I posted like a little photo dump of pictures at the end of the year, wrapping it up, whatever. And I made my caption very real and honest where I was just like, this wasn't the best year I've ever had. <laughs> like, let's be for real. I'm not going to pretend with you guys. Like, oh my God, yay. Here's all the happy moments. I had a happy year and my life is happy all the time. Obviously, if you guys have been paying attention at all, it hasn't been the best year of my life. Um, I had some great moments, obviously, and some great times and some great memories. And they were sprinkled in with some other not so great ones. Um, and I just think that's real. Like life isn't perfect and a whole entire year isn't perfect. Um, I think I'm just in a state where I'm trying to figure out what exactly is going to make me happy and feel fulfilled. And I have felt like this for the past couple of years. Um, but I think I used to be very heavily focused on achieving and achievements. And once I get those achievements, you realize it doesn't really hit as hard as you thought it would or make you as happy as you thought it would. Like, I don't even care about certain accolades or like, I don't know, going to the coolest parties or going to the coolest red carpets or going to getting recognized and like all this stuff. Like, I don't care about that anymore. I don't care. It actually stresses me out. Like at the beginning of 2023, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was a new season of The Bachelor coming out in January. I don't know what happened at the beginning of 2023. But it was like an instant shift in less people recognizing me. And it was such a relief. <laughs> like, I knew it was taking a toll on me, but I didn't know how much until it was gone. Like, at the beginning of the year, all of a sudden, it was just like people kind of, people still recognize me, but like either stopped coming up or just like would wave from afar, stop asking for pictures. Like, it was just like a, 
flip of a switch. And I was like, oh my God, thank God. It's been three years. <laughs> like I was ready for that to be over. No offense. Like I love saying hi to you guys, but every day when you leave your apartment gets to be a lot. And uh, obviously went through a major breakup. Cool. Um, and my ex was a large part of my year because that didn't happen until September. So just a lot of mixed feelings, confusions. I don't even know what the question originally was. What was the thing I was most proud of or the thing that I, oh, the most rewarding thing of the year? I think I have struggled to trust my intuition and trust myself and follow that intuition. And I keep getting bit in the ass when I don't do that. <laughs> and I think in 2023, that was really the year of me learning that lesson for real. Um, because you can feel things in your gut. I felt plenty of things in my gut that I should have listened to and trusted and I didn't. And it landed me in precarious situations now. Um, so I think 2023 was the year of actually listening and seeing the consequences if you don't trust your gut. And that's very rewarding to me. Because I feel like before I was like, oh my God, I can't tell if it's my gut or if it's this or if it's that. Um, now I'm like, no, I know for sure. I know for sure when my gut's talking to me and I know for sure I need to listen to it or else. <laughs> um, so that was very rewarding. And I think also learning that it is okay to not achieve everything that you set out to achieve or not accomplish everything on your so-called vision board. like. That is a hard lesson for me because I'm very hard on myself. I'm very critical of myself. I like to achieve things. I like to be the best at things. I like to be good at things. And I've been like that for as long as I can remember. I've been like, like that since I was in school um, all my life in sports. And it's a good feeling and a relief to realize like you don't have to be great at everything or finish everything or achieve everything that you set out to. That doesn't mean you failed. Like failure is such a interesting concept because even when you fail, quote unquote, like you're learning things, the best, biggest things, especially when you're in the middle of so-called failures. Um, so yeah, these were big lessons that I needed to learn and they were not easy ones to swallow, but um, that is rewarding. It is rewarding to watch myself and my personality and my growth year over year. That's the rewarding part. Somebody asked or said, I just saw your article in the New York Post. Is it still difficult dating post being on the show? This is a good question because I have just started dating again and before, when I had first got off the show and I was on dating apps, it was incredibly difficult because like I said before, I was getting recognized all the time. I was genuinely scared to go out on dates because I thought people would come up to me on the date and be like, hey, oh my God, can I get a picture? And then I would have to explain this to said date. And I also really struggle with when to have the conversation with them. Like, I don't want to hide who I am because I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of my success. I'm proud of how I got here. I have nothing to hide. Like I'm not ashamed of being on a reality TV show or three. <laughs> um, but people get weird about it. And 
I feel like it's more of a third date conversation. Like, I don't care to tell you on the first date that I went on a couple of reality shows and that's how I got followers. And so you can Google me and see all this information about me. Like, obviously, I'm very vulnerable with you guys on this podcast. And one quick Google search and you could learn almost everything about me, especially if you look at the podcast. Like, I don't want people, I don't want men that I'm dating to immediately be able to have access to all that information. And it feels like a weird, unfair advantage because I know nothing about you. Like, I'm starting from scratch here. And you could possibly know everything about me. And I understand that's part of putting my life on the internet and being an internet personality and this being my job. I get it. And I'm fine. I'm happy to do that for you guys. But that's for you guys. It's not for these potential dates. Like, it's just very weird. And I've only been on one date so far since I got back on the apps. And this guy, I was like, I had decided I wasn't going to tell him. But I don't want to be a liar. Like, I don't care to lie. But I also don't care to share this intimate information right up front. So on the first day, he was like, oh, um, well, (laughs) honestly, he had already said a lot of stuff that were red flags. So I was like, I'm never going to see this man again. So it really doesn't matter. Um, But he was like, oh, what do you do for work? And I told him I was an influencer and that I had a podcast. And then he kept asking more and more questions, more and more questions, more and more questions, pressing on it. And he was like, well, how did you get into that? Like, did you go viral? And I was like, yeah, something like that. (laughs) Something like that. Then he kept pressing and pressing and pressing. And I was like, okay, if I tell you, no follow-up questions. And he was like, okay. And I said, I was on a TV show. And then he was like, damn it. (laughs) But he really didn't ask any more follow-up questions. So that's how I skirted around at that time. But it's just like, I would have to blatantly lie and then I'd have to backtrack like if I ended up liking this person later on to, okay, yeah, remember how I said that on our first date? Actually, this is the truth. Like I just, I don't want to do that, but I also don't want to tell them the truth. So if anyone has, I need to ask like other bachelor people that are now single or met their boyfriend after if they told them or what, I don't know. It's just, it's very weird. It's a very weird thing to navigate. But to answer the question, it's much easier now that like, People aren't immediately recognizing me on dating apps. They're not screenshotting it and like posting it to Reddit because I'm not nearly as relevant anymore. Nobody cares that much if I'm on Hinge. Like it's not that big of a deal. Um, And yeah, so I think it's definitely easier now. But stay tuned. I don't know. I've only been on one date. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this one is a little little deep. I don't know if I even have the energy to answer it right now, but I want to because it's very nice that you asked. Someone said, how can I be a better ally to people of color as a white girl who didn't grow up in diversity? Step one is don't ask people of color this question. (laughs) Sorry. I'm so sorry, babe. But like, it is not our responsibility to educate you. You're going to have to do that on your own. So every this internet is a very accessible resource to us all. And so are books. Look up some things. Literally type this, what you type to me into the search bar on Google, buy some books, watch some YouTube videos, watch some TikToks, figure it out. Like you can, there is a plethora of information at our fingertips and you can find it. I believe in you. Um, And the fact that you're even asking this question is great. Um, I'm glad that you want to be a better ally. You grew up without diversity 
look, I get it. We're all a product of where we grew up. But at some point, you're an adult and it's your responsibility to educate yourself and get better and learn and grow. That's what we do as adults. So you can only blame it on your where you grew up for so long. Like I get it, but you're out of there now. You're all grown up. So figure it out. Figure it out. You got it. You got this. Are you still growing your hair out for another style? Oh, guys, yes. I know this is like beating a dead horse at this point. I have talked about this until I was blue in the face. Yes, you can't really tell right now. Let me take these headphones off for a second. Um, okay, now I just mashed it down. But it is getting a little longer. It's growing slowly, incredibly slowly, but surely. Um, I'm not giving up. I still want my braids. I want my braids. I want them. I'm not giving up. I just need to like, I have a lot of shedding and it breaks off a lot. So I think I need professional help. <laughs> um, my hair was at its healthiest before I cut it when I used to go to the hair salon every two weeks and have somebody else do it, make sure it was hydrated. It was consistent. My hair loves consistency. Skin loves consistency. So like if I can keep doing that or start doing that again, then I think I could get in good shape. And then like, it's not, it's, it's kind of long. Like it's, if I pulled it out, it's curly, obviously. If I pulled it out, I think it would be almost long enough to braid. We're almost there. But yes, we're not quitting. We've made it this far. Another hair question. Somebody said, I want to do the big chop. Do you have any regrets? Absolutely not. I have not a zero, not a single regret about cutting my hair off. Um, I can't believe that was three. Oh my God, it's 2024. That was four years ago already. I cut it off in June 2020. And this sounds dramatic, but cutting my hair literally changed my life. Like you, they say like when a black woman cuts her hair, her whole life's going to change. And I am proof of that. I feel like if I hadn't cut my hair, I don't think I would have been as interesting of a person, of a character to cast on The Bachelor. I genuinely think that was like a big part of why they cast me. And it had never been done before. They'd never had like a girl with a shaved head. And it was just good timing, made me slightly more interesting to them. Obviously, they made it part of my little character storyline, and they aired that part of the episode where I talked about why I did it. So shaving my head definitely changed my whole life, and it's just hair at the end of the day. I know it's taking me forever, but it will grow back if you regret it, but I really don't think you'll regret it. If you're thinking about it, it is so liberating, and it just takes that power back. Like, I my hair held so much power over me to do things like to go swimming when I was going to work out, when I was going to like, if I could go in the rain, what I was going to wear. <sighs> oh, just even thinking about that still is giving me the heebie-jeebies. I do not miss that at all. Um, yeah. Don't, don't, don't even question it. You will not regret it. I promise you. Not a question, but I stumbled on this account and in the most non-creepy way, you're beautiful. Oh, Thank you. That's so sweet. Oh, this is a good one. Very relatable. I'm 31 and I'm about to move back in with my parents to save money. What is your advice? Ooh. Okay. I didn't plan this. I was never planning on moving back in with my parents or my mom in this case. Um, but I think it's a lot more common than you think. A lot of people, especially after COVID, moved in with their parents again to save money or it doesn't even have to be COVID. Like a lot of situations come up, financial struggles, you lose your job, whatever happens. A lot of people move in with their parents to save money. So try to look at the bright side of it. Like 
you don't have to revert back to the teenage version of yourself that you were the last time you were at your parents' house. Like you're still a grown adult. You're still autonomous. You can go do whatever you want to do without asking permission. Um, and you can still live somewhat of your life. Like, I feel like when you grow up, your parents are like your friends now. So it's very different living with your parents as an adult. Is it still annoying? Absolutely. Like, yes, you still have to deal with your mom probably being on you to do dishes or make your bed or whatever it is. Um, And yeah, that stuff's like a little bit annoying and you're going to miss being in your own place in your own space. But I think just everyone's not like lucky enough to be able to have the opportunity to move back in with their parents. So maybe look at it from like a grateful standpoint. Anytime you start to get annoyed, like that's what I've been doing when I'm here. Obviously I've been going through it with this subletter situation. And I've just been like, you know what? Some people don't have parents. Some people don't have a house that they can just like fall back on when they, you know, are in a, a pinch or a situation. Um, so in my five minute journal in the morning, I wake up and I write that I'm grateful to have this opportunity. I'm grateful that my mom has a house. I'm grateful that she let me stay here. I'm grateful that I'm saving rent while I'm here. Like I'm saving $3,000 a month by being here, just by being here. Um, and also like I'm 31, you're 31, not to be morbid, but like our parents aren't going to be around forever. And the time that you have with them, I don't know when's the last time you moved, you lived there or when you moved out the first time, but spending time with your parents as an adult is very rare now and it's precious time. So just try to be present in the moment and enjoy the time that you have like with them and be present. That's my advice. And focus on a goal. Like, I don't know what your situation is, why you had to move back in, um, but you said you're saving. So be diligent about your goal. Focus on your goal. Don't frivolously spend on stupid shit just because you're at your parents. Like be really, really focused on that so that you can get out in the timeline that you set for yourself. Somebody said, are you still friends with Kat? I'm missing you two together. Who is Kat? <laughs> I literally have no idea who that is or who they're talking about. So sorry. Um, okay. This is going to be the last one. I feel like the guys I date are ruining my experiences with New York City. What's your advice? What does that mean? The guys that you date are ruining your experiences with New York City. What I'm thinking from that question is you're going out with a guy. Like the only time I can think of guys that I've dated ruining my experience is when I've dated people and it hasn't worked out. And then there are places in New York City or neighborhoods that I no longer want to go to. Like there are certain guys that I've dated that I obviously left a bad taste in my mouth. And when I was dating my newer ex-boyfriend, I didn't like, I, I loved those places and I wanted to take him to those places because there are places that I liked, but in my mind, I could only think of the times that I had with the other ex-boyfriend. So like that part kind of sucks, but good news is you're in New York. There's quite literally a million restaurants and bars and neighborhoods that you can go to, you don't have to go to the same ones you went to with your ex. Like, just don't. Just pick a new place. Give that up. It was your favorite bar at the time. It's not anymore. Pick a new one. Um, I moved neighborhoods, so that's helpful because <laughs> I was in Bushwick for four years. I dated a handful of people that had a lot of memories at a lot of different places. And now I get to start fresh. 
Um, but if you mean like ruining your experience as a whole in New York City, um, don't let anyone else have that much power over you to ruin your experience in a city. Like I'm assuming you're young. You are going out, clearly dating people. Don't let anyone ruin your experience. Like spend more time with your friends and have amazing experiences with them in the city or go out on solo dates. Like New York is the best place to go out solo. I used to do that all the time. Um, and I probably still will now that I'm single again and I'm living in Manhattan. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I just don't see, I, I don't see how you can let that happen. Do not let anyone else ruin your experience with anything. Nobody can ruin your experience with anything unless you allow them to. Nobody has that power over you to ruin something unless you give them permission. So don't give anybody permission to ruin anything for you. Like, let's stop that narrative now. And maybe you're dating the wrong guys. I don't know. But we got a course correct, babe, because you can't let people ruin your experience in New York. This is like, this is once in a lifetime. Everybody wants to live in New York. It's the best city in the world. Do not let anyone ruin that for you. Okay, I think I'm going to wrap it up here, guys. This was so fun. I kind of love this. Um, I need to do this more often. It's kind of nice to like not have to leave my house, have this cozy little environment. I also feel like maybe this is the Leo rising and the Leo moon in me. But even when there's like one person in the room, like there's always someone in the room with me in the studio, like whether it's a sound person or a coordinator, or production, whatever. Um, I feel like I have to perform a little bit just because... I am a performer at heart and I feel like I'm like putting on for someone else. Not completely. Like I am very vulnerable on that couch, but it's just like whenever there is an audience, I act slightly differently. Like there's an audience. But anyways, thank you for listening. Let me know what you think about this kind of episode. Um, and as always, you can find me at Chelsea Vaughn on Instagram, Chelsea Vaughn underscore on TikTok. And then we are at Vulnerable Pod on TikTok, at Vulnerable Pod on YouTube, at Vulnerable Pod on Instagram. Um, and we have some great things coming your way, some fun little surprises I think you guys are going to like this year coming soon whenever I get back to New York. Um, so I'm really excited for that. And I'm really excited to share that with you guys. But love you. I'll see you guys next episode. Bye.